Hello, strong, feisty women. Some of you may recognize my voice. I'm Celine Yeager, host of the Hit Play Not Pause podcast. Throughout my career as a professional health and fitness writer and now a podcaster, I hear countless questions from women who are trying to understand how their ever-changing hormones impact their sports performance. So we decided to serve up some answers in a brand new series called Hormonal that we will be releasing on the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast feed. Throughout this four-part series, reproductive endocrinologist Dr. Carla DiGirolamo and I will be tackling topics like periods, the pill, pregnancy, and conditions like PCOS, all from the perspective of sports performance. If you aren't already, follow the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast and stay tuned for our first episode releasing on April 15th. Also, have questions you want answered? Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal and we'll get it answered on the show. You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a podcast for women who are chasing epic and everyday adventures on their bikes. We are a production of Live Feisty Media and hosted by Christy Moan and Katherine Taylor. Christy, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Catherine? You know, I'm doing. I'm. I'm doing good. I was uh, just uh, talking to you actually before we hit record. Everybody yeah. knows our little secret now about how everything has felt very much the same lately um, with the COVID situation. So it's just the same. Over it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, what did I do in the past week? And I'm like, I, I really can't think of much of anything <laughs> that I've done except for ride my bike and uh, do some work. Yeah, I hear you. Well, we had, you know, the DK um, Ad Astra Expo experience going on, which had a lot of really fun stuff in it. And obviously DIY Gravel is still going on. So you can still get your rides in for the for Ted King's thing. And um, you can look at his website or the dirty cans website both have information on that so if you're still wanting to get that done but yeah i've discovered that um you know i don't really had i don't really have any hobbies i get well cycling is my hobby and then my other hobby is work (laughs) (laughs) same same so it wasn't feeling very good and i was like my husband like way back oh several several years ago like in 2000 i think it was 2003 maybe I took a drawing class at the local arts council here, and I actually had a little bit of a talent that I didn't know I had. Um, and for my birthday this year, my husband bought me these watercolor pens, and I was trying to make those work. And they, they like I didn't I I'm not getting into those yet. I can't can't figure that out. But on a whim, I kind of just decided that I was going to try taking up painting. So I went and got some acrylic paints and some canvases. Nice. So you've been <laughs> painting. How's that been going? I, 
interesting. And so I've got to show you. I know I know people can't see this, but um, this is the uh, my first painting I did. Oh, I'm going to take a picture of the it. <laughs> I love it. That's actually really good. I'm impressed. It's so bad, right? Because I've done those, um, you know, the ones where you go and you drink and you paint. Yeah. And then you like. Your painting looks better as much as the longer the night goes on because you keep drinking. Yeah. That's the only painting I do. But yours well, looks like a real thing. Thank you. And, and uh, well, here's my, that's the, that's the Raven. And then this is, this one is the little Roadrunner guy I did. That's really good. <laughs> I'm going to put these pictures on our uh, Instagram page when the podcast <laughs> comes out. But I'm, I'm laughing because, um, well, I was drinking while I was painting. <laughs> But it's it's crazy because um, and I think it more than anything my husband's pretty stoked because he's like now you have a hobby that's not like riding your bike hundreds of miles and working you know like those are kind of the two things I do so I've been sitting down and my daughter and I Sydney and I actually worked on one together the other day and it's turning out really cute um, so it's been it's been really really fun I think I just need to start a new career now as a as a painter. <laughs> I, I think you should, totally. <laughs> it's in high demand right now. <laughs> I, every year, well, not every year, but I did this year, uh, is I think I'm going to be like this urban farmer. And because oh. um, we're in Atlanta, like it's kind of, you have really big backyards. And even though I'm just three miles from downtown Atlanta, like I have a big backyard and plenty of space. So uh, so my friends and I used to do a community garden and it was really fun. We would get together every Wednesday night and we would cook dinner and have beers and work in the garden, but then it gets really hot here. So by July we would stop working in the garden and we would just have dinner and beers and then everything would die. Um, <laughs> so then another year I was like, I want chickens. So somebody was giving away their chickens. So I went and I got the chickens and only one of the chickens laid eggs and chickens just aren't really that fun as a pet if they're not laying. So, so then my neighbor, cause you can feed chickens kind of anything. I don't know if you've had chickens before. Um, so my neighbor uh, brought all of her old rotten bananas and she threw them in the chicken thing. Well, you, you can feed them almost anything except for bananas because a chick, Bananas have potassium, and they uh, stops your heart. Potassium does. So if your heart's the size of a chicken's heart, and you feed them eight bananas, <laughs> so, oh my gosh! So one of the chick, the actually the layer, the one that laid eggs, died <laughs> from a oh, tragic God. heart attack. Then another one died of old age, and then I went on a trip to Seattle, and one disappeared. I don't know what oh, happened man. to him. <laughs> and so that was in the end of the chickens. But this year I tried to plant my garden again. So. Well, good we'll, luck. We'll see how that goes. If you want to send me a picture of some of the vegetables from your garden, I'll paint them for you. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. I already have um, tomatoes, but I was like, my dad was down here the other day. I was like, why are these not getting red? He goes, because he grew up in East Tennessee on a farm. He's like, oh, it's not hot enough yet. I was yep, like, not hot enough. <laughs> I was like, I'm a really bad urban farmer, but whatever. Yeah, it makes me happy for like two days. But my friends have told me I needed other hobbies that, did not involve working out or doing a job. I know. So, and I, I'm saying honestly, I'm liking it. So that's good. Yeah, I got to the coloring thing a little bit a few years ago when everybody was coloring, but yeah, I I don't know what to do with all the things after I do. Like, what are you going to do with all those paintings? Are you going to hang them in your house? 
Those are going to go down to Patagonia. Because oh, yeah, you have rental houses. Yeah, I have rental houses. Yeah. That's, so, and it's, you know, maybe I'll send them to friends. It's little gifts, little surprise gifts. Because I'm trying to not paint super big. So we have gone to this art show in Salida, Colorado one time, and they it was like this tiny art show. And all of the art was like four by four, like super small, um, which I thought it's that was how the art show was designed. And I was like, it's perfect for visitors. Like if you're doing something for visitors, because then they can buy it and take it home. Yeah. Whereas versus buying a huge canvas. So I, that I kind of, I mean, these are all designed. I bought these, this size canvas so I could take it on the plane. And when I go back down to Patagonia, um, it'd be easy to travel with if I need to or, or ship to friends. So that's kind of, yeah. maybe that's what I'll do. Just random gifts. I can't wait for my picture of my vegetables to show up at my house. You got to send me a tomato. (laughs) (laughs) My green tomatoes. (laughs) I'm going to go take a picture right after this. Uh, Well, we have kind of a fun thing happening uh, throughout the summer since since even more races. We just heard from our friends, um, Laura and Ted King, this morning. If you were signed up for Rooted Vermont, you know this, but their race, they ended up canceling it as well. For this year, just with concerns with COVID, it, it's so hard. We were just talking about this. It's so hard because so many of these races are in small towns, you know, kind mm-hmm. of in remote, remote areas. And then you start bringing all these people from outside in, even as the we feel like things are getting, you know, looking at the stats, we're on a down, downward right. trend in a lot of places. Um, and... Yeah, it's just so, so such hard decisions to make. But we decided we're gonna um, just do our own DIY gravel summer. We've been we started that with the That's DIY perfect. Kanza, uh, which some people are probably still writing as this podcast comes out. But we're gonna do a series of DIY webinars uh, that are gonna go every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time, and they're actually gonna be hosted by Laura King. Love it about Love. it. That's rad. So it's a lot of women that um, she does. A couple of camps every year and it's a lot of women that uh, are involved in her camps that are going to be doing those webinars and really I think just a big thing for us as women is the more we're equipped with knowledge the more comfortable we feel when we're out riding on our own or even in a smaller group of people so that's our goal so you can head uh, to our Instagram page or our uh, website and there'll be a link to sign up and you'll just get the link. It'll remind you on Fridays and we'll have recordings of those as well that we'll send out. So yeah. I love it. I love how this little podcast is just inspiring bigger and bigger things. So we're getting the best. You all, when you send us those comments on Instagram, like I text Christy right away and like they really, really make our day. So we really appreciate yeah, you sending Yeah, like those. and subscribe, right? Yeah, like and subscribe. <laughs> like and subscribe. <laughs> a review would is always review. helpful. A review, yeah. yeah. Uh, but we have another Vermonter as a yeah. podcast guest today, which is really funny because when you said, you were like, oh, we're having so-and-so, and you kind of left out, um, you know, like, you were like, she's done all these cool things with mountain biking. And then I started Googling her, and I'm like, she's an Olympian. but why don't you talk a little bit about today's guest leah davidson yeah we've got leah on the show today um of course where what Catherine was talking about um she's one of the co-founders of little bellas um which is a mountain biking program to inspire getting um more girls on bikes and obviously that to me is something i'm super passionate about and 
and she has done, I mean, gosh, her energy on this podcast is phenomenal. Um, you just want, I mean, I think I went and donated immediately on the little Bella site while we were on the, while we were recording the podcast. But, um, but more importantly, um, you know, she is an Olympian, but, but more importantly, she's a huge inspiration and she uses her, um, her platform to raise others up and, and bring her community together to, to continue to get more girls on bikes. So I just, I just really loved this podcast. I thought it was really good. Yes. It was a very fun conversation. And so with that, we will go on to our conversation with Leah Davidson. Heck yeah. Well, welcome to another episode of Girls Gone Gravel. We're so happy that you're here, and I'm so excited that we are here with Olympian and co-founder of Little Bella's, Leah Davison. Leah, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So I want to start out, we want to hear a lot about Little Bella's and all the work that you're doing there, but I as many people are obsessed with the Olympics and really sad that we're not having them this year. So yep. I hear about your journey to becoming an Olympian. Like, did you always know you wanted to go to the Olympics? Did you, how did that happen? And, and you've been to two Olympic games. Is that correct? Yep, exactly. I went to um, my first Olympics that I qualified for was London 2012. And then I went to Rio Olympics in 2016. And you're a mountain, um, biker. You're a mountain biker, correct? Yeah. For mountain biking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I pretty much for a long time, I did always know that I wanted to be an Olympian. I mean, I grew up um, here in Vermont where I live now and I grew up ski racing and playing all the different kinds of sports, but ski racing was uh, the main sport that I did. And I grew up ski racing at this um, small little ski area called, called Cochrane Ski Area and it was run um, by the Cochran family, which is an Olympic family. So Barbara Ann Cochran has an Olympic gold medal. Um, there's like all the entire family has like been to the Olympics. And then the next generation, which is my generation also, um, has gone to the Olympics. So it's really, there's like a legacy there that I grew up around. And that's, I think kind of where my Olympic dreams were born. Wait, so are you part of the family or did you just- No, grow? no, no. Okay. Yeah, I, I just live in the same town and yeah. grew up ski racing at their ski area. And how did, how did you end up going, did you, were you mountain biking as well growing up? Like how did you end up going to the Olympics and mountain biking? Yeah, um, I was not mountain biking when I was growing up. I didn't really get into mountain biking until I was um, 17 years old. So I really wish there was a little Bella's happening, you know, when my sister and I were growing up. Um, I was doing, I was ski racing, I was playing soccer, I was running cross country, and a friend at the time said, hey, you should try mountain biking. And I was like, okay, what is this? And, and he was like, stop running circles around, you know, on the track and, and like do this. And I was immediately hooked because mountain biking, I think is like the perfect combination of ski racing. You need handling skills and looking ahead and it feels the same, but then 
um, I also needed the endurance that I was kind of developing and the fitness from um, cross country running. So yeah, if from there, like as soon as I tried mountain biking, I was in love with it. And then I found out um, through like my second summer of racing, I went to the Norba series, the national off-road series, which is like now the US Cup national series. And um, I won one of those races and, and someone from USA Cycling came up to me and said, uh, like, do you know that since you won this race, this has qualified you for the world championships? <laughs> And, um, and I said, my goodness, there's a world championship <laughs> for this. I'm so excited. And then, and then I kind of found out there's a world championships, there's an Olympics. So, and people did this for a living. So as soon as I found out that I'm like, game on, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> That's awesome. Sorry. So my you dog Bell makes you special really guest know, like... Oh, sorry, Christy. <laughs> I was just saying my dog Bell likes no, to make okay. special guest appearances on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Christy. <laughs> I just, I just was curious. Like, so did you, did you know you were that good, or were you kind of like surprised? Were you like, holy I, crap, I'm pretty good at this? Yeah, I was totally shocked. <laughs> Completely <laughs> shocked. I mean, I started by doing like we have this Wednesday night local race, and I, you can either do one lap, two lap, three lap, four lap, and I did one, and I'm like, okay, that was fun you know, did two and work my way up to it. And then, yeah, I, all of a sudden I like did th those national races and like started having success. And I was like, whoa, my goodness, there's a world champs. Like I just qualified. So yeah, I was completely in shock. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Do you think that down, like skiing helped you with the the downhill on mountain biking because I know even with a lot of women who get started in gravel cycling they get really nervous about the downhill and I'm always like it's just some of it is confidence like you have to get confident that some of it is aligned but then some of it's just like being confident and going down the hill so I can imagine that skiing would help with that oh a hundred percent I mean uh like downhill ski racing is way more treacherous and terrifying than mountain biking you know so it it kind of set set me up perfectly like for to learn these technical st skills but then also like mentally for going fast downhill i mean i i would say that i was a little bit too fearless like <laughs> too set up for success that's funny do you think it's equal parts uh, mental and uh, skill for downhill? For uh, ski racing or mountain biking? Mountain biking. Um, I think once you get to a certain level, uh, well, for it depends if you're, we're talking about like racing or just like mountain biking in general, but racing, I think once you get to a certain level, I mean, there's just like fractions of percentages that, that um you know separate like the top half of the world cup field so i think it's like 90 percent mental interesting mm -hmm. <laughs> you kind of are in a little hot spot for gravel there yes in vermont i feel like this is where <laughs> gravel was born but i know i oh, no, no. <laughs> 
I, yeah, exactly. This is going to start like a big fight or discussion. But I mean, I was, I was riding like gravel well before it was cool. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the dirt roads in Vermont are amazing. They're like in better shape a lot of the time than yeah. the paved roads. Like they're smoother and, and there's just like a whole network of them. It's, it's so much fun. Yeah. I think that it's always funny because like in Kansas anyway, it's not a surprise that that's what we ride because that's, that's all there is. Like, yes. What, I'm going to go, you know, we, we really have a choice, which is gravel. Um, and it's been fun to kind of see getting to know Heidi um, with Russ Boutitsa and, and then of course Ted and Laura, um, the similarities yeah. between the kind of communities in this around gravel. Yeah, cool, it sounds so. very similar. I mean, that's exactly it. It's like, oh, we got like, I don't know, two paved roads and then like 15 dirt roads. So yeah, of course you're going to ride dirt. Like it's the only way to like loop up something or go from point A to point B, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> well, Leah, I did want to ask you about, uh, so you would hope to go to the Olympics in Tokyo this summer. Mm -hmm. And obviously there is not an Olympics in Tokyo this summer. <laughs> and yeah. so I think a lot of people can relate to disappointment at something they were looking forward to. Yeah. World, whether that's an event or maybe a, even a vacation or just for some people, a wedding. Yeah. Uh, how, how have you handled that? Like, how did you, when did you realize like this probably isn't going to happen? And then kind of how did, have you emotionally handled that? And what have you done to keep yourself motivated? Yeah, man, that's the million dollar question. <laughs> it's okay if you're still in the phase of sitting on the couch eating cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say I'm in and out of that phase. Yeah. I, I'm probably always are. in that phase. <laughs> um, yeah, we found out, you know, as like everyone with everybody it all like the situation progressed with covid it's been different every day and i would say one of the toughest parts was when um before the olympics was canceled because uh or not canceled postponed sorry but um canceled for 2020 because being in in that situation of trying to qualify for the Olympics, preparing for the Olympics is such a pressure cooker. And to, to have the pressure to do that in not ideal situations. So, I mean, I feel lucky because I have a gym in my basement and I'm in Vermont and we are still allowed to ride outside, right? So that's, that's way better than a lot of other um, people's circumstances. But you know what? The weather's not great here right now. And it's snowed. This has been like the snowiest April and March, like on record, the coldest. So, you know, just being in that pressure cooker and having to make it happen and train like at a really high intensity, um, under like under the duress of dealing with COVID and the, the fear around that was a lot to handle. So I was relieved when the Olympics were postponed, because I think it was the only option, you know, it's the safest option. And, um, and then I wasn't in that pressure cooker anymore, you know, so then I kind of had, you know, of course, 
like I had, a, I have time to breathe right now, but there's definitely like a grief around like you're aiming for something, you're putting all your effort into it. You wake up in the morning thinking about it, you go to bed thinking about it, you know, and then all of a sudden that timeline's shifted and you're, and it's easy to feel like, oh my gosh, all the work that I did and, and I was ready, you know, like I came into this season more ready than I ever have been. And I put in a lot of work to get there. So um, I definitely had to grieve that, but the Olympics are canceled and that work, you know, is, um, will pay off, you know, not in the timeline that I thought, but it definitely goes towards something. So I just have to keep perspective on that. Um, and then how to stay motivated. Uh, I think that's something everyone's struggling with. Um, I, it's gotten better and better. So I, you know, the first week I tried doing like a normal tempo ride and really pushing it and looking at my power meter and I just like could not handle it. And so I've like slowly warmed up to like, as the weeks pass, like getting more motivated, normal training, you know, doing, I did my second set of intervals, you know, um, this week. So it's like, okay, it's coming back and we're starting, my coach and I are like putting some structure around this summer. So I just think you got to be easy on yourself. This is a hard time for everybody. Yeah. That absolutely makes sense. And uh, it's, it's always good to hear, I think, for everybody when, you know, you have a goal as big as the Olympics and you're still feeling the same, like, I just, sometimes I don't want to do it. Sometimes I can't do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, I'm not kidding. I've eaten more cookies guilt-free in the last two months than I have in the last <laughs> 20 years, I think. Yeah. You got to take care of yourself, you know, whatever it takes. I mean, I ordered off of Amazon, like a huge variety pack of Haribo candy because I love gummies. And I'm like, you know what, whatever it takes to get me out the door. Like if I'm excited to eat this candy, I'm going to, I'm going to get some, like go for a ride and eat this candy. Okay. I mean, I think it's just great to be out and moving. You know, yeah. that's good for like general wellness. And I think we're all under a level of stress. And so if you can just get out or just move in general to like relieve stress, that's great. I think we, we have to like kind of relax, relax the standards and not be so hard on ourselves pretty much. That's an excellent point. I think I've been working hard on that myself for sure. Um, you're not, I mean, you're not only an Olympian, but you and your sister co-founded Little Bella's, which mm -hmm. is incredible. Like you said, you, you guys wish that that was around when you were younger. Talk yeah. about Little Bella's a little bit. It's, it's really an amazing story. Oh, thank you. Yeah, my um, sister and I, my sister Sabra and I and this other woman, Angela Irvine, got together over 10 years ago now. And, um, you know, there was this... Uh, we all saw the need for to get more girls on bikes pretty much and engage and engage girls in mountain biking. And so our whole relationship started, Angela, my sister and I, 
with, we were all at a local race. Um, Angela's a little bit older than us. We were like racing the junior category, but they put all the women together, right? And there was like 10 people on the start line. And Angela is like the only woman that's like not on the front line. And there was like clearly room for her. So Sabe and I were both like, hey, come on up here. Come on up to the front line. And she's like, no, no, no. And we're like, no, get up here. There's room, you know? And so that's kind of how like our friendship was born. And then fast forward a couple of years and we're like, hey, we need, we need to get more girls on bikes. You know, there's not as many junior girls on our start lines there's like 15 versus like the 50 junior boys that are on the start lines. And we wanted to change that. And we also wanted to give, you know, younger girls better role models than were out in, in popular culture, you know, and, and the stories around, you know, not so great role models out there. So we, we wanted to start like a mentoring based um, program on mountain bikes to, to kind of check off all those boxes. And it just, yeah, it's taken off since. So tell us about the program. Like, what does it look like? What are the ages of the girls? Kind of give us the, I've heard of Little Bella's, um, but I would love to hear just more of kind of the details of it. Yeah, we, um, you know, we're uh, all girls program and we started in Vermont uh, with what we call like the weekly session. So um, we, there's like six weeks, um, six week session. So we get together for like a two, two and a half hour um, segment of time once a week. And it looks like it's girls ages seven to 14, seven to 12. And we have programming from 12 and up. And, uh, but that's our core is like seven to 12. And uh, let's see, we get together, we divide into groups based on age and ability. Um, we do a bike safety check. We go and ride. We come back and we have the all important snack <laughs> of the session. And then uh, we play games and the games are disguised as um, pretty much the girls learning skills. And throughout this, like it's, it's based on fun and everything. There's no like outright, like right now we are working on breaking you know like we have designed a curriculum where those things um that learning is like intrinsic you know it's it's built in and it's almost like hidden <clears throat> so yeah it's really fun that's fun i need to go to that because i'm very <laughs> i was like gonna say yeah. is there a big bellas <laughs> yeah i mean it's funny because we get we get that a lot and pretty much the the big Bellas, quote unquote, are our mentors. So it's like um, our, our mentors are completely volunteer and we have program leads that um, lead up all these different Little Bellas chapters. And what it is, is this, you know, we created this thing to focus on the girls, right? And, and empowering them through cycling and, and getting them on bikes. But this side bonus which is like a huge thing is it creates a, your tribe like if you're into bikes 
and or into the outdoors and being active you volunteer for little bellas and all of a sudden oh my gosh i i have found 20 other like-minded women who i can hang out with and relate with and it's so much fun and through my travels through bike racing you know i've i've gotten to like visit with these other little bellas chapters and i'm like these are my people like i've never met them before and i'm like are we are we becoming best friends like yes <laughs> so it's it's created like an amazing community that's so cool it seems like that this has got to be this is like obviously so empowering um like not only not only for the volunteers and not only for you but you know for all of these girls that are doing this do you have any success stories that are your favorites from this yeah that that's a great question i mean a lot of this sometimes you don't hear about like the success stories until like the parents tell you later that they're like oh my gosh like my girl was forever changed because i'm like usually you know the big pro that comes and visits the, the chapter and and they're like they're either like really outgoing girls that are like hey you know or there's like the shy girls that are like terrified to come up and and like talk to me i'm like come on like i'm not scary <laughs> so sometimes it's not easy to like to witness those success stories because the shy girls you're like okay like i think that was great but i'm not sure <laughs> um but one of one of my favorite stories is uh through the build up to the 2016 olympics i was visiting our one of our vermont chapters uh pretty often and then this chapter of little bellas was like very much involved you know in in the lead up to the olympics so we had a send off part they they threw me a send off party at the burlington airport it was just like amazing and all the little bellas came to it and then we also um had like a watch party so all the little bellas got together and they watched the olympic mountain bike race in rio and through those um uh like there was news news channels right that were videoing the watch party actually I'm, this is like <laughs> this is a more impactful story i think for me than it, it was for a little bella but so maybe it's like my success story <laughs> but <laughs> That's okay. like the little the little bellas were being interviewed and they're like uh you know we're just like really proud of leah because it doesn't matter what place you got in the Olympics. It matters that you went out there and, and did your best. And Leah's a champion in, in our minds. And I heard that after the Olympics, cause you know, I came in seventh, which is amazing, but of course I'm like, you know, focused on a medal. So I'm like, okay, like seventh is great, but you know, mixed feelings about it. And then I watched that interview and I was like, okay, like i'm th this i i cried actually i like teared up because that's the stuff that matters is that these girls are get to go on this olympic journey with me you know and and hopefully it shows them that 
you know, you can do anything that you set your mind to because I went to the same elementary school that they did. I, you know, a lot of them have the same upbringing and growth, you know, growing up that, that I did. And, and I'm like the same as them. I just got a goal and I worked really, really hard. So you can do anything if you put your mind to it. And I think that, you know, in that moment, I saw that that really resonated and that was really special. I mean, that's what it's all about. That's really cool. I love that story because I think, especially for girls, like sometimes it's hard to to find, like you said earlier, the role model that's not, um, that lives a different life, like really loves outdoors or really is going after just more aggressive physical things. Like I was hanging out with my little niece who's four that I want to be a little Bella. That's why I'm like, how old? Um, (laughs) And I had said something to her about you're feisty. And she was like, I'm not feisty. Like she got really mad. And I said, no, that's a good thing. It means you know what you want and you'll go for it. She goes, Oh, like the boys. (laughs) Are you kidding me? (laughs) Oh my God. Where did she get that message? (laughs) I know it's, it's out there everywhere. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we're, we're giving different messages that are needed to girls right now, you know, like in general and all, all girls of all walks of life everywhere need that message to be empowered, need the chance to be empowered, you know? Yeah. So what's the status of little Bella's uh, right now? Are you just holding things to find out what happens as far as being able to gather in groups? Are you, this is a hard time to plan for a program, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure. Um, The team has done such a good job, I think, at handling this moving target. And it's, as we all know, it's like definitely a dynamic situation. So um, as, you know, program start dates have come up, uh, we've, we've either postponed and we worked, uh, individually with each chapter and location to figure out, okay, when is like the last possible date that we could start this program? Let's figure that out. And then hopefully, you know, things open up so we could be together in groups by the time that that, um, date rolls around. But, um, you know, we're, we're planning, we're trying to plan for all the situations. And of, of course, uh, have first and foremost, like, have it be a safe environment. I mean, that's, that's the priority really right now. And um, we, I'm excited because we've gotten really creative. The team has gotten really creative in terms of, okay, some of these girls have waited for three years on a wait list to finally get into a program. And they finally get in, they're so excited. And then the program's canceled or postponed. Like that is a nightmare. So we um, are really being progressive, I think, in terms of we have to give those girls something that that aren't going to, um, you know, to get like the actual in in program experience. And, you know, we're not trying to recreate our program online. That doesn't do it justice. It's, it's really an in-person experience that needs to be had, but had, but we can definitely um, recreate some aspects of it. Um, So yeah, we're, we're engaging. So I started um, like two years ago, what was called uh, what we're calling the pro ambassador program. So I was like, 
I need to be like cloned. <laughs> there needs to be 20 of me so I can visit all the chapters. And I said, wait a second, we can do this. And so uh, I like talked to a bunch of my pro athlete friends and they signed up. These amazing women signed up to be our Little Bella's Pro Ambassadors. So we have not only mountain bikers, but road racers, um, Nordic professional Nordic skiers, triathletes, Ironman, Ironman triathletes. Like these amazing women are just here, you know, to, to help empower the girls and, and inspire them and give them a bunch of different you know, types of role models that they can look up to. So um, we plan on engaging our pro ambassadors to really give those girls, you know, part of the Little Bella's experience that they potentially are going to miss out on. I love that. I love that you yeah. all are being creative. That's and awesome. Figuring things out and how to connect. Yeah. We're trying. We're trying our best. <laughs> what are ways we can help? Yeah. Tell us how to help and how, yeah. how somebody can start a chapter. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a great question. So um, you can go online to our website, littlebellas.com, and um, you can fill out a form. If, you're, if this is sounding great and you've wanted to start a program for girls, we're here for you. You know, like we're, our whole goal is to make it easy for these women who want to start a chapter, but maybe they don't have the time, you know, to do it from scratch. So that's the whole point is that we make the whole process easy and support every step of the way. So um, we're always looking for mentors. Uh, we're always, uh, you know, looking at new potential chapters to develop. So that's a whole application process, but, um, yeah, we're always excited when we get new applications in and, uh, yeah, I mean, donations are always welcome, but, um, luckily we've worked really hard and, you know, are moving, mountains to be like solvent through this really tough time of COVID and, and we're doing pretty good right now, but, um, you know, donations always help like just in general, whether it's during this time or not, you know, your anyone's donation really goes directly towards like the scholarship program. If a girl needs, um, a scholarship, like, or a scholarship bike, we, we give that to her, no questions asked. So our whole point is to like, you know, no, no barriers. That's awesome. Well, um, we will definitely put that in the show notes and then link up how people can follow you as well. Yeah. And thank you so much for your time today. I hope that we see you at in 2021 in Tokyo. <laughs> I hope so too. <laughs> We're back and having Olympics and seeing you compete there. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> and again, I really appreciate your time. Christy's got a little bit of a wonky internet, so I'm going to say bye for both of us for right now. Cool. Uh, and um, I hope that it stops snowing there soon. <laughs> yeah, me too. I think it will. Fingers crossed. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Leah. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. The Girls Gone Gravel podcast is a production of Live Feisty Media. Subscribe, like, and comment on your listening platform. Our producer is Taylor Mahan Rudolph. 
You can follow us on all the socials at Girls Gone Gravel or visit our website at girlsgonegravel.com. Girls Gone Gravel.